Hello, and welcome to the Future Christian Podcast, your source for insights and ideas into what it means to live as a follower of Jesus in the 21st century. At the Future Christian Podcast, we talk to pastors, authors, and other faith leaders for helpful advice and practical wisdom to help you and your community of faith walk boldly into the future. Here's your host, Lauren Richmond Jr. Hey, and thanks for listening in to the Future Christian Podcast. My name is Lauren Richmond Jr., and I'm pleased to be joined today by Reverend Daryl C. Ruggs. Hello. Howdy, howdy. Hey, uh, Daryl is the Reconciliation Minister for the Central Rocky, Me- can't talk, Central Rocky Mountain region of the Christian Church Disciples of Christ, and uh, he has a really cool... Uh, different uh, career, I guess we say, might say. Uh, Daryl came out of the Air Force as a pilot, worked for FedEx as a pilot, and then uh, I guess we might say you were a second or maybe third career pastor, right? <clears throat> Excuse me. Uh, many Absolutely. folks do that. He, he yeah. went to ILF, uh, got an MDiv. Uh, ILF is a school here in Denver, which, uh, Daryl, you're a lifelong Denverite in many ways, right? I am. Born and, born and raised in Denver. Yeah, forgive me. I'm Getting in the getting over a cold here, so my voice is a little scratchy. But uh, Daryl, what else would you like our listeners to know about you? Well, um, I've been uh, disciples. I think that's important. I've been in the church, been a disciples for for all my life. Um, I was baptized in 1972. You know, in the church right down the street uh, mm-hmm. from where I from where I grew up in in the Park Hill neighborhood of uh, of Denver. And, mm-hmm. you know, the interesting thing about ministry is that uh, my dad was a, uh, or is, he's an elder emeritus for the Christian Church Disciples of Christ. But uh, his father, uh, my grandfather, was a, a pastor uh, in the Church of God in Christ uh, down in Dallas, Texas, Andes, Texas, uh, Kaufman, Texas, those areas. Yeah, where my, mm-hmm. where my family's from. But uh, so life, lifelong, lifelong. Daryl, I don't think I've told you this, but this is a this is a fun little connection here. So the church I think you're talking about in Park Hill, um, it, that's the my parents rent that building currently for their Baptist church. Is that right? Is yeah. that right? Yeah, <laughs> they do. Um, I, when I, whenever I go over there, I think on Fridays, um, they they have the food trucks. I believe it is yeah. out front. Yep. Wow. Well, I'll be over there tomorrow. Yeah. Um, you're going to have to tell me their names and whatnot. And I'm just going to have to pop my head in. <laughs> well, it, it, uh, my dad's easy because I'm Lauren Jr. So it's Lauren Sr. And then my mom's Kathleen. And they've been they've been doing that for a while. And somehow they've been it's a it's a crazy story. But yeah, the the since COVID, you know, we're recording this here in the midst of COVID. Uh, they've been somehow doing this huge food bank um, distribution every Friday, which I can't imagine. And I'll, you know, I'll be selfish. I've been been worried about their safety and their health, but so far they're knock on wood, staying healthy. So, um, Daryl, tell us a little bit about what it meant, what your kind of Christian faith journey has been like. Uh, if anything's changed or grown, how what that's looked like? Sure. Um, you know, for I guess kind of how. You know, I would I would put it as uh, you know it kind of depends on on the background and and for me specifically, 
Um, for me, being a Christian, I mean, it's, it's, you know, I'm being seen, I'm being loved and mm -hmm. uh, for who I am. And that's how I was brought up in, in, in the church there. Uh, the other part in the Christian background is, uh, is feeling that I've been forgiven for my sins. Now, mm -hmm. you know, imagine as a kid, you know, you're, you're growing up and you really don't have, you know, uh, probably a complete concept of what sin means. Yeah. Um, but that's what you're believing. You know, I'm, I'm being forgiven, you know, for my sins at a young age. And I still, I mean, you know, the Lord's Prayer, you know, I, I still say the words, forgive us of our sins, you know, and I know perhaps yeah. most people say trespasses and, you know, yeah. I say, I say sin. Um, and, and also, you know, being a Christian for me is, uh, uh, the part of being in relationship with other people who, uh, have a same, same belief system. Um, uh, you know, that's, uh, th that's been important, uh, as a Christian. And I think above all is that, uh, I'm accountable uh, you know, to God and to, uh, and to Christ, you know, who, who I consider as a Christian, my, my Lord and, uh, Savior. And I think, mm -hmm. you know, as a, uh, a, a person here, the final thing I'll say is that, uh, uh, it, I mentioned my dad and my grandfather, but, uh, yeah. you know, it's being faithful to, uh, to what has been instilled in me. Hmm. Let me, let me, I warned you here, Daryl, uh, follow questions. <laughs> what what does that faithfulness meant for you? What does that look like in your life? Have you tried to honor that? Well, you know, I think um, most people uh, want to be seen and mm -hmm. to have their humanity recognized. Now, yeah, I'll I'll explain it this way. Uh, hopefully, it'll make some sense. Is you mentioned in the biography that. Uh, uh, you know, I'm a pilot, Air Force pilot, and a FedEx pilot. Um, mm -hmm. One of the blessings and privileges of my life is that I've traveled all over the world. Yeah. Okay. And I've seen, you know, uh, uh, people living uh, in, uh, in places and spaces that, you know, none of us would desire to, uh, 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 to have to live in and to live through. Mm -hmm. the, key, the key for me and my Christianity is regardless of, uh, of, of, who, of who these people are and, and where they come from is to be able to see them in their full humanity. And, mm -hmm. you know, I think that's what, you know, that's what's formative in, into me as a, uh, as, a, uh, as a Christian or as someone who uh, is a follower of Christ. That's how I see Christ. And so the way that Christ sees people uh, is the way that I have tried to, 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 to see people. So I guess, you know, hopefully I answered the question somewhat. Um, yeah. You know, that's kind of what yeah. it uh, means to me. Great, Great follow thank you on. for that. Yeah, thank you, thank you. <laughs> I, I told Daryl when we were pre-recording, pre I'm like, uh, I should warn you, follow-up questions come, come fairly often here. So he was ready. Thanks, Daryl. Um, what has been a spiritual practice that's been meaningful for you or that you might recommend to others? Um, you know, what, one of the things that I do is uh, a prayer. I'm intentional about prayer. Uh, mm -hmm. So that's, that's central to me. You know, I've always been, uh, let's see, retreat's not the right word, but um, um, one of my heroes is the South African Archbishop uh, Desmond Tutu. And, yeah. you know, whatever you read about him, uh, 
So there's always that part in there as to how central to his life prayer is. And he moves everything out of his life, no matter what he's doing, when it's time mm-hmm. for him to prayer, to pray. So I can't put myself on the level <laughs> that the archbishop yeah. is on. Yeah. Um, you know, however, uh, I do make it a practice uh, intentionally to pray every morning. Uh, you know, I, I do that. And it was the same. It's the same way when I'm flying. Uh, and I also uh, keep a, a prayer journal. I've never been a, uh, a uh, 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 what's it called, a person who, write, who writes in a diary. That has never yeah. worked for me yeah. for some reason. However, you know, a prayer journal uh, actually works for me. So I've, I've done that. I do that. And uh, also, you know, daily meditations uh, mm. that, uh, that I read. Um, in, in reading the Bible, you know, um, I, I used to, and every other year, I would read uh, from the first word of, the, of Revelation <laughs> to the last word of, uh, of uh, 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 I mean, the first word of Genesis to the last word of uh, Revelation. Yeah, um, wow. And, yeah, and, and, and then the off year, I would read uh, Psalms, uh, Psalms, I think Proverbs, but Psalms and the, uh, the, all of the New Testament. And I did that all the way up until, uh, for years, I should say, up until I went to seminary. Wow. Um, so that was important to me. And I'll probably go back to, to doing that, you know, somewhat uh, uh, now since it's been a while since I've been in seminary. But, uh, you know, certainly not getting everything that's in there, but just, yeah. you know, reading, reading the Bible was uh, important to me. And, and every time you read it, uh, you know, there's so much that you that you gain that you feel like it's the yeah. first time the first time you're reading it. So that's uh, that's kind of neat. Um, spiritual practices, music. I have playlists, and, and not mm. all of it not all of it is gospel music. You know, yeah. gospel messages, but not all of it is uh, gospel music. And then I think another one is uh, I call it a, a prayerful walking, and this is yeah. something that I do quite a bit when I'm uh, in other countries or other cities, you know, in the U S but, uh, mm-hmm. I love to, to walk around and just be, uh, in a prayerful, uh, prayerful spirit, no matter where I am. Okay. Uh, Daryl, give me a song, uh, a non quote unquote Christian song that has a gospel message here. Oh man. A What's non-Christian a fun one? song that has a, a, a gospel yeah. message. Give me a fun um, one. <laughs> Let me see. I'll pull it. I could pull it up and play it for you, but I won't. I won't. I won't. Uh, I'll it, post production here. I'll see if I can drop it in here. Maybe. Oh, okay. Well, let me. Let's see. I'll. I'll. I'll give you. Actually, I'm not going to play it for you. I won't do that to you. Yeah. But, uh, let me. Uh, let me break it because there's. It's. Uh, let's see. Where did he go? Oh man. Of course, as soon as as soon as I look for them, I can't find them. But uh, oh, here we go, here we go. Call it love and peace. There's there's one. If you remember a group, uh, Arrested Development, mm-hmm. um, from some years back, they had a song, Mr. Wendell, and uh, that's on uh, on my uh, my playlist. The first one on that particular playlist. Uh, you know, also India Re, uh, Better People. Uh, okay. And knocking on heaven's door, Randy Crawford. So I'm all giving, right, I'm giving you all here we these. go. Yeah, <laughs> ideal. I'll world. see if I can get. I'll see if I can get my. Uh, I'll see if I can get my production guy to drop one in here. Yeah. Uh, yeah. maybe in the post production here. So if you're listening, 
this could be a really boring time where you're like get to it or it could be a fun <laughs> we'll see here have a dollar in fact no brother man here have two two dollars means a snack for me but it means a big deal to you be strong serve god only know that if you do beautiful heaven awaits that's the poem i wrote for the first time i saw a man with no clothes no money no plate mr wendell that's his name no one ever knew his name, cause he's a no one. Never thought twice about spending on an old bum until I had the chance to really get to know one. Now that I know him, to give him money isn't charity. He gives me some knowledge, I buy him some shoes. And I think blacks spend all their money on big colleges. Still, most of y'all come out confused. Go ahead, Mr. Wynn. Well, let's talk about your your ministry with the Central... Uh, I can't talk today. Central Rocky Mountain Region and the Christian Church Disciples of Christ. Daryl and I are both pastors, uh, ordained clergy in in the Christian Church Disciples of Christ, a mainline Protestant denomination, and he is the reconciliation minister for our uh, region, the Central Rocky Mountain region. And uh, I, I already kind of like recognized like a, some correlation here. You you, know, you talked about like seeing the full humanity in people, and I it really, I mean, I, as I imagine, that's kind of like kind of a big mission part of what uh, the ministry is about. What else? What else would you say? You know, um, <laughs> excuse me, <clears throat> season changes got me also, so sorry yeah, about that. Yeah, me too, but, it's okay. Um, the, uh, I'll kind of explain it this way. It took, you know, it took a whole lot of prayer and, uh, and uh, thought on my part to accept the responsibility of being the reconciliation minister for the Central Rocky Mountain region. Uh, and I want to explain it this way because I think it's important. Um, the Central Rocky Mountain region, for those who don't know, um, is one, and you might you might know the answer to this. Uh, it's one, if not the largest region <laughs> mm-hmm. that we have yeah. in the uh, that we have in the country. Geographically, you know? yeah, exactly. Geographically, that we have in the uh, country. Um, however, you know, it's almost exclusively white and i say that from the perspective of there are about 48 uh, congregations that make up the mm-hmm. central rocky mountain region yeah. and for instance none of them uh or there are no uh participating uh, black or african-american congregations now we have mm-hmm. you know a couple of pastors you know congregations out here that are african-american um, mm-hmm. or, or latinx um, but uh but there's no participating congregations now, other regions, you know, have a different demographic makeup and yeah. than, than the CRMR. So we have to understand that, you know, to, uh, uh, to, uh, to, be, to begin with. Now, the truth in all of this, too, is that in this region, uh, population-wise, you know, as far as uh, Black or African Americans go, um, you know, the number isn't, isn't that large population-wise. Mm-hmm. However, you know, however, in that, there are still a plethora of African-American or black congregations and denominations uh, and non-affiliated within the region, yeah. you know, so there are, you know, we do have that community here, um, but mm-hmm. it doesn't ex- exist uh, uh, within the denomination or within the congregations in the, in the disciples of Christ in this, in this region. Um, you know, it, it's important because the reconciliation ministry, let's say we were in a different region or I was in a different region, um, mm-hmm. It would look it would look different than it looks uh, than it looks here. Okay, and that's, yeah, you know, and that's and that's the honesty um, there. 
the um, uh, the Christian Church Disciples of Christ, what was it back in 2000, I believe, um, mm-hmm. you know, uh, really put forth the uh, the four priorities and listed first as what being a pro pro reconciliation anti racist church. Mm-hmm. You know, interesting. Out of the four priorities, uh, that's the first one that's listed. You know, and I don't, yeah. I don't think it's, I don't think it's by accident that yeah. uh, 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 that it is. The reconciliation ministry, um, as we put it together, and and, uh, and and how it's going now, it's recreated in a way. Or re- we are recreating it in a way in, okay. in that it hadn't existed before. Even though the ministry existed, it hadn't existed in a way that we are uh, recreating it. And, mm-hmm. uh, uh, you know, it's an acknowledgement, I think, of, uh, of, 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 who we, of who we are, um, but it also goes into who we want to be. Uh, so what we did was we created a mission, vision, and value statement. And I'll share mm-hmm. the mission statement with you and kind of yeah. leave it at that because yeah. I, I think it really, uh, you know, explains uh, what it is that, that, that we're charging with doing. But what the mission statement states, and we created this, so you're not going to find it anywhere else, is that, yeah. is that to, uh, to inspire the region's congregations and ministries to uproot the sin of racism by providing resources for education, active engagement, and the building of communities committed to radical hospitality and celebration. Uh, it took months to put that together uh, with the reconciliation yeah. ministry team, and we went over every single word uh, in in that statement, along with the vision and values. But that's the mission statement. Yeah, great. Uh, I'm I'm studying right now uh, in another context, mission and vision statement. So I I can appreciate the kind of work that was put in uh, on that. So I'm hearing in the in the in the mission statement. This emphasis on churches, and that was one of the questions I was going to ask you. Is this like an individualized, focused ministry, or it, it sounds like it's it's um, the focus is on ministering with and partnering with the churches in this region. Um, so, can you talk some more about kind of how you uh, envision helping churches in that? Sure, um, and it's uh, you know the focus is on on churches as well as uh, as individuals. Um, okay. You know, of course, it takes the individuals to make up you know the congregations and also the communities around the congregations, regardless of if they ever come into the building, uh, yeah. so to speak, you know, or uh, or or not. But a, a few things that we're doing. Uh, one is uh, uh, conducting uh, listening sessions, and the listening sessions are designed. You know, for the for the congregations uh, to be able to uh, to sit down uh, with the reconciliation ministry, and what that enables us to do as a team is to determine how best uh, uh, our ministry, the reconciliation ministry, can serve them. You know, to conser- can, can serve the uh, the congregations as well as the uh, the individuals. Um, you know, a, a couple of things uh, in the plans. Uh, for 2021, you know, and this is being, you know, partly information as to what we find out mm-hmm. uh, yeah. you know, through the listening sessions is, uh, you know, anti-racism training sessions uh, that'll be conducted. And, you know, if, if uh, individuals aren't familiar, uh, again, I mentioned what the uh, first of the four priorities of the Christian Church Disciples of Christ is, but uh, all this, all that we do is done 
in assistance, I should say, as far as the anti-racism training sessions that'll happen with our general ministry, okay? Uh, and mm -hmm. uh, Reverend April Johnson's uh, uh, the reconciliation ministry that she heads out of uh, Indianapolis. Uh, so, you know, that's one of the things that'll be, uh, that'll be coming. And, and let me say this to, to uh, kind of, uh, yeah. none of this is, is quote unquote new what we're trying to do. As you mm -hmm. mentioned in the beginning, a lot of this is being pushed back and uh, re, uh, restructured because of COVID and social distancing. Yeah. Um, so, so, uh, so these are things that had COVID not happened, we would have already been doing, you know, in, uh, in 2020. Um, but uh, uh, <clears throat> in, in yeah, our, COVID uh, has right. definitely made things difficult. My goodness. It has, it has. And also, you know, there'll be other opportunities that we're putting together other than uh did the uh, the uh, anti-racism training, but uh, you know we're, we'll plan you know inclusive uh, virtual visits, hopefully in-person visits uh, next year to uh, to different places as to you know that have significance when it comes to uh, to anti-racism and, uh, and and pro-reconciliation. Um, a lot of it has to do with uh, with education too, and mm -hmm. so there, there's a huge educational piece beyond the anti-racism training itself but there's a huge educational piece uh, uh that goes uh, that goes into it let me ask this if i can sure uh, i'm thinking what what is uh, you mentioned like you know uh our churches are predominantly white right um in this region and i was thinking about this was another question i was going to ask you was you know, navigating the challenge of this such a large geographic area and then in many ways like a culturally diverse as far as like rural, urban, suburban churches in those various contexts. What's what do you find is like the biggest kind of educational piece that people you're trying to help people understand? That's. I guess the, the simplest way for me kind of to put it is you can't, I mean, you, you can't, uh, there's not a right word <laughs> to say this. Um, okay. the, re the region is what it is and it's a large region and, and it's uh, yeah. a spread out region, region and uh, it's diverse in, in, in many ways. And I'm not, you know, talking, you know, necessarily racially or culturally, well, culturally, it is diverse, but it's mm -hmm. diverse in many ways. So how? So so then the question becomes, or or the uh, the charge on, on our part uh, becomes, you know, how is it that you are able to going back to the word, see the humanity of other mm -hmm. people who are not in your immediate presence? If that makes yeah. sense, um, and that's that's not easy to do because. Uh, you know, then uh, what's the word? You know, the big word is uh, um, how do you have empathy for someone who you or for mm -hmm. a group who you see yourself as having nothing in common? You know, yeah. and that's and that's tough. You know, that's tough for people. Uh, you know, uh, unfortunately, it is it is tough. So that, that's yeah. a challenge, but but it's a, it has to be a welcome challenge because one of the things I, I tell the team members always is that you know it's uh, uh, this is hard work. 
And, mm-hmm. you know, and you have to understand that from the beginning. And, you know, we have a group of team members that uh, have come on, you know, over the months, some that have been there from the very beginning and some who, uh, you know, they couldn't do it. Um, they didn't, uh, uh, you know, they didn't stay nothing bad against them, certainly, mm-hmm. but, uh, but it's hard work because the question that you ask are the questions that have to be addressed. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm, and I'm thinking about, uh, as we're recording this, it's almost November. Uh, so much has happened in 2020 and, and, and of course so much of, I mean, we we don't have time to name all the things that happened, but certainly when we think back to the spring and summer, much of um, things that we remember are the unjust killing of George Floyd and uh, Breonna Taylor and and man we could name and name and name uh, of persons unjustly killed. How is I mean when you speak of hard work like how, that's to me I think that's so hard work and I can I'm curious like. Uh, talk about kind of how the reconciliation ministry has responded um, to those those crisis points, I guess. Sure. You know, and I have to kind of preference that with me, or preference that too, is yeah. uh, you know, as a uh, you know, as a black man, you know, and a citizen of the United States, you know, all that you mentioned, you know, George Floyd, you know, Breonna Taylor, Maude Aubrey, Elijah McClain. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and all the others, um, you know, it, it always is, and it has been traumatizingly painful. Yeah. Um, and the other part of that is that, uh, you know, it's for me and the community that I come from, there's nothing new in any yeah. of that. Okay. Yeah. Um, you know, what's different is that, uh, uh, you know, more it's more out there and that has to do with you know the fact that we have social media and those types of things that weren't that weren't available um in the uh in the past um so so if i were uh, a white male or a white female uh so to speak um Mm -hmm. you know maybe it would be different in in response Uh, what we did do uh, the first week of uh, june is uh, we put out a, uh, a statement of solidarity um, that went out with uh, 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 Reverend Joanne, I think, put it out on her uh, mm-hmm. on the web on the on the regional website. So that went out, and that was the statement that we made after the killing of, of George Floyd. Now, w- one of the you know, or, or, or I guess part of my uh, my hope is that you know it has illuminated, mm-hmm. okay, the need, you know, that the reconciliation ministry has to uh, be able to respond to these tragedies. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, I, I read the mission statement to you, but. Yeah. Uh, Importantly, you know, the reconciliation ministry uh, has to be an active agent in challenging and dismantling the systems and institutions of, uh, you know, that uh, enable these systems and institutions that enable the inhumane treatment of Mm -hmm. black and communities of color. And, And that's tough. 
you know, yeah. for, uh, you know, for people to, uh, uh, to have to wrap their, uh, uh, to have to wrap themselves and to wrap, to wrap their, uh, minds around the fact that, you know, the reconciliation ministry in your region, you know, yeah. these are the, these are the things that we have to, uh, we have to, uh, to face. So a long answer to your question on, on, on what the response was, but I think it's important to understand those dynamics. Yeah. Uh, let me ask you, uh, let me ask you another hard question if I can. Um, I'm thinking about, you know, when I think about so much of this, um, so much of this work, as I understand it, I guess, really, and you mentioned dismantling and challenging unjust systems, like, when we talk about Elijah McLean and George Floyd and Breonna Taylor, uh, these are all uh, persons who have been unjustly killed by police officers. And to me, I think that's one of the, the challenges, as I see it at least, between this kind of divide, be whether it's the political divide or the... I, I'm not even sure how to ask the question, but how, how have you... Have you, as a ministry, as a pastor yourself, have you navigated, and I'm especially curious, you know, you coming from the, the military background, uh, what does that look like? I'm curious. Well, I think if, um, if I'm understanding the question correctly, you know, how is it that uh, I'm navigating all, that's, all of this that's going on around me, particularly <laughs> as, yeah. a, uh, as a minister, as an ordained uh, a minister here? Um, you know, look, one of the things, and this is true for all of us, no matter who we are, is that, you know, we bring a lived experience with us. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I'm an ordained minister, but I didn't, I didn't, there was a, there was a, uh, a path that led me into seminary that led me to ordination. Yeah. Um, it wasn't, it wasn't something that I started out, uh, you know, doing, you know, 30 years ago, Hey, I'm going to become an ordained minister. So it was a yeah. path that led me there and that path had to do with, uh, uh, with, um, you know, my, my, my lived, uh, my lived ex- experience. Um, you know, I, I guess I, 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 nav- I navigate, I navigate um, you know, through always wanting to have uh, a, a sense of hope, maybe, mm. maybe that, that kind of uh, mm-hmm. uh, uh, helps out because, you know, it could, uh, I can't, I can't bring myself to throw in the towel, you know, mm. so to speak. Um, as a person in the, uh, you know, in the Air Force and flying for FedEx, uh, you know, I love my job. I loved my job in the Air Force and the whole nine yards. You know, it wasn't always, it wasn't rosy 100% of the time or anything yeah. like that. You know, I loved it. You know, at the same time, uh, you know, as a, uh, as a black person, African-American, mm-hmm. uh, there are very few people, you know, that do have the privilege of doing that look like me what I've done. Mm-hmm. You know, and, you know, I, uh, I use the example of I've flown probably with geez over my career, maybe well over a thousand pilots. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, as, as crew members and yeah. and in, in that thousand, you know, I probably have not flown with 25 people that look like me. Wow. And, and only one woman, you know, that uh, that was black uh, African-American. Wow. So, 
when I navigate what's going on now, and we already talked about how the region looks out here, yeah, uh, you know, all those things, you know, uh, are part of, I guess, uh, uh, you know, part of how I have to, to figure out into how I'm going to navigate this uh, space, how I'm going to be, to be effective as a uh, regional minister, uh, mm-hmm. as regional reconciliation minister, rather. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You know, so I guess that's, I don't know, a little bit of a part of it. It's, it's not, it's not an easy question to answer, I guess, as you can see, because it brings in that lived experience. And, and, and then the, the last yeah. part I'll say is, is the part to remember is I'm only one person. So, yeah. so the, so it's, so, so it's only my lived experience. Yeah. Well, thank you for that. Um, let me ask, let me ask one more question here before we uh, move on to closing section. What is, uh, whether, I don't know, whether your, your hope, your prayer, um, your message, what would it be to white American churches today? I, I think, um, and, and the, uh, the, the protest and everything that have uh, that have gone on, and I'm talking about, you know, you know the uh, the uh, well, I'll just say the protests. I don't need to parse it out uh, yeah, right now. Yeah. But um, I think it's important, and uh, that you know, simply you know, don't ask um, and expect you know black or other churches of color to do the work. Of the white America, uh, 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 white American church, sure, you know, yeah. a, a, as it relates to anti-racism and and pro-reconciliation, um, and, and, and um, you know, to understand, you know, that comparatively, you know, the white church, you know, it resides uh, in a position of privilege, you know, and mm-hmm. uh, and, that, and that's far different from from other church communities. Um, so, in short, I guess the uh, the uh, the white American church. Um, you know, it has to be convicted to do the work of eradicating, you know, like I said before, it's just systemic and, and institutional mm-hmm. racism. And, uh, and uh, you know, and I say this, uh, you know, without black people or people of color uh, ever being in the room. Um, you okay. know, and, I, and, and I say that, too, because mostly, you know, our churches and our worship today are still are still segregated. So, so the bottom line, the bottom line uh, for white churches, uh, white American church, as you put it, uh, is that the God-givenness of my humanity must always precede my presence. Okay, is that you know? Think on that one, I guess, for a minute. The God-givenness of my humanity must always precede my presence. Hmm. Let's reflect on that for a minute then. Well, let's, uh, let's take a break and we'll come back with some closing questions. All right. We're back with Reverend Daryl C. Ruggs and, uh, thank you for your time and, and, uh, conversation here. I always tell folks you can take these closing questions as seriously or not as you'd like to, uh, but the first one is, if you're Pope for a day, what might that day look like? Something you'd hope to accomplish? What are your thoughts? Wow. Let's see. I guess I'll take the, the serious part yeah, <laughs> of it. Yeah, go for uh, it. You know, I, uh, you know that's, uh, 
we, we all pretty much know who the who the pope is regardless of if we're we're catholic or not you listen mm-hmm. to the pope you know regardless but uh you know i, I think if i was pope for a day you know and i talked a bit about my lived experiences and whatnot or, or, or what's formative in my lived experiences but uh you know i think i would make it mandatory that uh every uh a leader within within the faith uh spend at least a year you know, serving in a community, you know, where they would be the most uncomfortable, you know, oh, wow. spend a year doing that. That's really good. Boy, that, man, Daryl, that, that is, that's probably the best answer I've heard in a while. Because you think about, like, we're so averse, and maybe I'll speak for, again, my social position, white Americans were so averse to discomfort, and holy cow. In my experience, like the best learning takes place in the midst of that discomfort. So, absolutely. Yeah. What theologian or historical Christian figure would you want to meet or bring back to life? All right. Well, I I wrote this one down because uh, (laughs) (laughs) um, that came. You know, for me, it would be a a Dietrich Bonhoeffer. Okay. And. And he really, you know, he resonates with me in that uh, while he was a, a student uh, at Union Theological uh, Seminary uh, living in New York City, mm-hmm. he, he was attracted, you know, to the to what was considered, you know, the socially downtrodden uh, mm-hmm. African-American community. Right. We're talking the 1930s. Yeah. And so, you know, and then particularly. Uh, the fact that he attended uh, Harlem's uh, Abyssinian Baptist Church, which was pastored by uh, the Reverend Dr. Adam Clayton Powell Sr. Mm-hmm. Um, now imagine that, okay? You know, from Germ- you know, Germany and the U.S. and you're, you know, in Nazi Germany is, uh, yeah, yeah. is coming fully, right? And so he's worshiping in this church in Harlem, okay, led by this black pastor who's, you know, uh, he, you know, on the leading edge of of uh, uh, of what would become a movement, I'll put it that way. Mm-hmm. But uh, he's also Bonhoeffer at this time. Uh, consider this: is also worshiping in this church alongside some of the members who only sixty plus years before his presence were actually born into American slavery. Mm. Bonhoeffer worshipped with people who had been slaves. I mean, now he goes back to to to, to Germany, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and we know we know what happens. But yeah. you know, in it, in the book uh, "A Life Together," uh, in the introduction, it states, you know, it's for Bonhoeffer that Christianity could never be merely intellectual theory or doctrine divorced from life, mm-hmm. but it must be responsible, obedient action, the discipleship of Christ in every situation of concrete, everyday life, personal and public. When Christ calls a man, he bids him come and die. That's in the introduction. Mm. Then if you read, if you read John 21, 15, was it Jesus uh, 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 is recording, instructing Simon Peter, mm-hmm. feed his lamb. Okay, feed his lamb. Take care of his sheep. Okay, this is Jesus, right? You're preaching now, Daryl. Keep going. Well, you know, it doesn't take much brain power on my yeah. part to see that 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 Bonhoeffer 
was martyred for doing just that. Mm. Okay, so, so, so if I had that opportunity, you know, uh, yeah, I think uh, uh, Bonhoeffer would be the person. <laughs> that was good. That was good. Uh, and I can't help but connect it back to what you just said about the discomfort and the come and die. I mean, that's chilling. It's chilling. It really is. Um, what do you think history will remember from our current time and place? Uh, well, <laughs> I can't be a prognosticator, so, <laughs> so to be honest with you, I have no idea how history remembers <laughs> this time and place. Uh, you know, the only thing I can do is be hopeful mm. in, in how I would like for history to be able to remember our current time and place. Yeah. You know, hope, hopefully where we are, um, where we are right now is not the end of the story mm -hmm. and, 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 where, and where we ultimately end up, you know, and that's what's written into history. But, you know, in all honesty, I mean, you know, it, it hasn't been written, you know, mm -hmm. so, we'll, so we'll see. What's, what's something then that gives you hope? You know, um, I, I think part of what gives me me hope is I see a younger a younger generation that mm -hmm. is really taking the time to grapple with with what it was that they were brought up to believe. And I say younger generation, but, you know, older generations were all still alive. And mm -hmm. I think that has a, I think that has an effect. Okay. On, uh, mm -hmm. you know, on those, on those of us or me, I should say, you know, who are, who are getting into that realm of, of older generation, I'm the end of the baby boomers. So, yeah. uh, you know, getting into, uh, to that realm. So I think there's, there's hope there in that people are demanding that you listen to us now just using this region as an example and giving yeah. the demographic and, you know, I mentioned, uh, how, uh, you know, overwhelmingly white the region is right. Mm -hmm. uh, it, not just the disciples, but just the makeup of the region. Yeah. Uh, hope is, you know, young white kids coming down from Fort Collins or young adults, I should say coming down from Fort Collins and, and peacefully marching, you know, in downtown Denver. Hmm. Okay, hope is, uh, is, is, is white people, uh, you know, out uh, in front of uh, Aurora's municipal buildings marching, you know, over the uh, murder of Elijah McClain. Okay, mm -hmm. uh, you see, that's just in our region, right? But you see it all over the country. So um, you see people who, who are, even if they don't fully understand it, who are realizing that uh, there's something that I need to put on the line that has never been there before. Mm. Um, it did not look like this 50 or 60 years ago. Mm -hmm. So there can be hope in that, you know, the key is to keep, to keep that momentum going so that, so that there is change. Wow. Well, uh, I really appreciate this conversation. Appreciate your, your willingness and openness to share and, and have this conversation with me. Um, where can people find out more about uh, the work of that you're doing with the, the reconciliation ministry? Uh, you know, there's a there's a few a few ways. One is uh, uh, about 
almost two months ago now, I started a, uh, a, a newsletter, a biweekly newsletter titled Actions and Truth, um, mm-hmm. where, you know, I, I share in the newsletter. <laughs> and if anyone uh, would like to, uh, to be on the mailing list, um, you know, they can email the uh, regional office and, uh, and you can post this uh, when you get a chance, of course, you know, at their, uh, at their uh, email, the CRMR office at crmrdoc.org. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, you know, also visit the uh, the website, the regional website. Uh, but understand if you visit it now, I believe it's it's being revamped. <laughs> so yeah. so uh, once it's once it's done, uh, you know, to be able to get on it, and and we should have a fully functional reconciliation ministry tab to uh, to pull up information. Then also you can get off the website the number to the regional office and to give them a call and, you know, let them know if you want to be on the mailing list or, or, or what have you. And if you email the, the, uh, the region and, you know, want to uh, specifically uh, contact me, you can do that. And you can do that as well as through the, uh, the actions and truth newsletter that comes out. Awesome. So it's uh here. I have it pulled up. crmrdoc.org. So for folks who want to check that out and, uh, yeah. Well, thank you again, Daryl. I really appreciate your time and your willingness to engage in this conversation with me. And uh, wish you the best. May God's peace be with you. And with you also, Lauren. Thank you. And thank you for this uh, uh, work that, that, that you're doing and these highlightings that you're doing with your podcast. They're so important. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks for joining us on the Future Christian Podcast. To learn more about Lauren or the podcast, visit future-christian.com. But hey, before you go, do us a favor. Subscribe to the podcast and leave a review. It really helps us get the word out to more people. Thanks, and go in peace.